Time to go. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's important that we, you know, on, on, uh, it's important that we know who's speaking, okay? It's important that we know who's speaking. And in our lives, uh, on some of the TV commercials, I was thinking, you know, there used to be uh, a commercial that said, when E.F. Hutton speaks, <laughs> everybody listens, okay? So there was like this commotion going on, and uh, the, uh, the announcement comes, and everybody quiets and listens, well, I was thinking of ourselves, and when Jesus is speaking, do we hear him? And do we want to hear him? The challenge is, what is God like, and what does he want out of me or want from me? And it's, it's that God doesn't want something from you. He wants to give us something. And it is in how that God wants to save us from our sins, how that God wants to give us eternal life, how that God wants to bestow upon us his blessings, that God wants to allow his spirit or give his spirit to us so that we can have peace and joy. And, you know, you know we look at these things and peace is power. Peace is power. When we are at peace with God and at peace with ourselves, we, are, we have a power, a influence upon our life that is greater than we could ever imagine. Eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. So if our life, and we're looking at life with an expectancy, we want God to speak to our hearts, and Jesus is speaking to us, and that's the title of the message today, Jesus is Speaking. And we're looking at John 17, verses 6 through 12, and in this particular verse, these verses, Jesus is speaking here to the Father and conveying the message to his followers. So Jesus is speaking to the Father and he's conveying a message. Now, in the last few weeks we've been you know, talking about the prodigal son and the prodigal's brother um, and how that Jesus, how that God is, Jesus is giving us the experience uh, information about what the Father is like. It is his way of explaining to us what God is like. And then we have, uh, last week we spoke about what we don't see, and Jesus is there, and often we don't see what he is trying to accomplish in our life. And today I'm looking at it from the perspective that Jesus is speaking, and he wants us to listen in on what he is saying, so that we can again clue ourselves as to what our Heavenly Father is like. We want to clue ourselves on what God is like. If I, if I ask you the question, what is God like? What would we think of? You know, often we associate things with what we know. So he's our Heavenly Father. So we would sometimes think of what our, our earthly father was like. But even if we had the best of the best of earthly fathers, it's still a very dim reflection of what God would be like. If we had the worst of the worst of earthly fathers, or never even have a father, it is, it is, we need to understand what God is like as our heavenly father. And what God wants to do to us in so many times with our <clears throat> misunderstandings and misconceptions, we miss out on what God is trying to tell us. And in today, uh, the, the declaration that Jesus is saying here, 
in verse 6, he says, I spell out your character in detail to the men and women you gave me. Now, I look at this in, in the sense, <coughs> excuse me. I look at this in the sense of what Jesus is telling them. I spelled out your character in detail. What is the character of the Father? What is the character of, of God the Father? Um, in the prodigal son, what do we have? We have the father who allowed the son to just take off and do what he wanted, but the father is doing what? He's watching for his son to come home. So God is letting us know what, Jesus is letting us know what the father is like. He is anticipating. He wants to bestow and welcome us into the fold. He wants to welcome us back in our relationship with him. And he's saying that he, um, he is this God of conveying his love to us through the actions of Jesus Christ. He's, Jesus is saying, I spelled out your character in detail to men and women you gave me. God had, as it were, bestowed the people. His will was for these individuals to be followers of Christ. And God is establishing ownership. Now, Sometimes it's hard for us to get this concept. It's hard for me to get this concept. <laughs> that we often, we, we all, we, and we say correctly, we are sinners saved by grace. We have a fallen nature. That we, have, we were born in sin. That we have a sin with, basically, our human nature is a sin nature. But, there is something that, that I think overrides that sin nature. And what overrides that sin nature is we belong to God before we belong to this nature, this fallen nature. We belong to God while we were yet in our mother's womb, God knew us. And if we follow this um, pattern or this example, we would, God, before the foundation of the world, before the world was ever speaking in, spoken into existence, God knew us, he knew who we were. He knew what problems we would have, what decisions we would make, what difficulties would come into our life. He knew all of that. So before the world began, and when God created mankind, he created them sinless. He created us sinless to walk with him. So I was, I was wondering, how is it that we put so much emphasis upon our fallen nature that we see ourselves as sinners trying to be saved? trying to be forgiven. What if we turned that around and said, we belong to God, and sin is trying to rob us of our gift of life? <laughs> See, sin is trying to take away the nature of God inside of us. Sin is trying to destroy the image of God in our soul, in our spirit. Sin tries to make us feel like we are defeated that we are defeated trying to have, be victorious or, or we are victorious and just struggling with, with problems. <laughs> our, our relationship with God is such that we are not evil by nature. We have to learn how to be evil. You know, children have to learn how to be prejudiced. Children have to learn how to not forgive. Children have to learn how to be greedy 
and, you know, things like that. They have to learn it. You know, most children can be very forgiving. So, and I was wondering in our own nature how that whenever God formed us and breathed into us the breath of life, as his child, we, were, we are called to be his. It is not willing that God, God, the scripture says, is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So God's desire is for every person to go to heaven. That's his will. That's his desire. But some people have decided, and they've made up their mind, they're not going to go. <laughs> no matter what you tell them, they're not going to believe. No matter what is said, they're going to believe that they are evil and that they are unsavable. And that's a lie. And the truth of the matter is that God has created us in his image, in his likeness, and that he has birthed and he, wants, he births in us the spirit. So we are a, even if, even if they're, well, I don't even want to go there, but <laughs> just forget that one. The, the idea is that we are his child and we are forgiven and we have the ability to pray and to believe that God can intervene in my life. You see, we are not failures trying to succeed. We are people who have been grafted into the vine, that God has grafted us into his vine, and he is the vine, we are the branches. He has grafted us into his vine, so we are of the vine, and that we are producing fruit, and God's fruit is to be in our life, and that we are a fruit tree bearing fruit after the vine that we are in. And that fruit-bearing person is us, and there is all these blights <laughs> and all of these worms <laughs> and whatever trying to attack the fruit that we have. An individual uh, gave me uh, some apples, and I appreciated the gift, you know. But they were from their own tree, and you know, around their home, and they, you know, but they were all bruised and pitted, and they tasted like apples that I wouldn't eat at home, <laughs> you know? Now, you could tell that there, there was fruit that was just not taken care of. It was just an apple tree, and when they are red, they pick them, you know, and if they live, you know, it's like me in a garden. You plant the garden, and between the weeds and the seeds, we'll just see which one happens, you know? <laughs> you know, we'll, if, there's, if there's fruit in there, I'll find it. If there isn't, it doesn't matter. Well, that's kind of how these apple trees were. And the, the taste of the apples is just not what I like, you know? Um, then our life, sin tries to take away the, the nature. It tries to take away from us what God has intended for good. Now... I have a question. Of course, I have an answer too, but what's the difference between planting and burying? To bury something or to plant something? What's the difference? I'll read you a definition just in case. Plant means to put in the ground to grow. To fill with seeds, flowers, and plants. Uh, to put a set, to put or set in the ground for growth. That's plant, okay? Bury. To dispose of by depositing it in as if in the earth. 
to cover by or as if covering with earth. Okay, to conceal by as if covering with earth, to put in the ground to grow. What's the difference between bury and plant? Okay? What's the difference between bury and plant? Well, what are you expecting? (laughs) What's the intent? How many people say, I'm just buried in work? (laughs) How's about, I'm just buried, you know, so our expectation is that it's, it's something that's supposed to die. When I'm buried, I'm supposed to be dead. And so when I am, you know, when God plants in us, you see, as we go through life, God is planting in us, what? An expectation. He's planting in us love, peace. You know, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, forbearance, or long-suffering. What does long-suffering mean? Suffering long, okay? <laughs> so if you're suffering long, it's, it's the idea that God is planting stuff in our lives and fruit is supposed to grow. So when, God, when Jesus is telling us about the Father, he's telling us about how that the Father is in us and he is, he is going and growing us to produce a harvest, to produce a, um, something good in our life. God is growing us and growing the opportunities for us to serve him. So Jesus is saying here, get the right page here. I spelled out your character in detail to men and women you gave me. They were yours in the first place. And that's where I think of the idea that before they ever fell, they belonged to you. Before mankind ever fell, we belonged to God. But we blew it, mankind blew it, and we became sinners and we by nature we walked away from God but he says then you gave them to me and they have now done what you said you gave them to me and they did what you said they needed to believe so Jesus has come to us and he is saying here that we belong to God and that we have we are following God he's speaking of the disciples but he's also inferring or speaking of us that when we come to Jesus and we believe, we have this expectation. We are expecting God to work in our life. Now, how many times do we look at problems, life, and think that we're being buried? <laughs> you know, buried. You know, it's dead, it's gone. Now, sometimes we feel that problems, difficulties, situations, work, people, neighbors, (laughs) whatever, that they are burying us in our difficulty. And what if God is saying, no, 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 that's not a burying, that's an expectancy, that's a planting. (laughs) The intent of God is for us to grow. And how are we going to grow unless we be planted? And so the difference in our life is, is, is this a burying, a funeral service, or is this a spring planting? Who's going to determine if you're dead and gone or being buried or being planted? What's your, what, do you, what is your expectation? Do you expect to fail? <laughs> you know, do you expect that things will you know, continue to go down the wrong road? 
Did you ever know that if you're going down the wrong road, if you stop and turn around or get off the road, you might be off, you know? <laughs> it's such a simple formula. I remember one guy, I, I, I won't tell you who it is or where it was at, but, but uh, this one guy called and he needed directions, okay? He said, can't find, I'll use a familiar uh, road, I can't find 56 East. Where are you? Well, I'm, uh, uh, I'm in uh, Pleasantville. I'm in Pleasantville. Well, where are you driving? He says, well, I'm driving down 56 West. True story. He said, what, what? Where are you going? He said, I'm at 56 West. I can't find 56 East. And I keep, and I keep, and I'm not, I'm not getting closer to where I want to be. What are you going to tell him? Turn around. <laughs> you know? Turn around. Oh, 50, oh, that's 56 East. Okay, so in our life, when we're going down the wrong road, you know, what do we need to do? Turn around. See, you know what repentance is? Repentance is, I am going in a direction and I repent of my sins. What am I doing? I'm turning around and going in the opposite direction. Now, when I go in the opposite direction, this was the direction that God intended for me to live and to grow and to do. God wanted me to go in this direction and this is what I was created for. I wasn't created to fail. I was created to succeed in God. I was created to be God's friend. I was created to walk with God in the cool of the day as if it were Adam and Eve walking in the garden, that we were there with them. I was created for that type of fellowship and relationship with God. That's what I was created for. And in this creation, we often feel, think that we were created for evil and we have, when we're trying to be good, no. We were created for good, and people have to work at being evil. Do you know how people work at being evil? They turn away from that which is good. They turn away from the good. They don't see how this can be right or whatever. So Jesus is telling them there, you gave in to me, and they have now done what you said. They believed in me. You, they know now, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that everything you gave me is firsthand from you. They believe that what I have given to them is right out of your hand. For the message you gave me, I gave them. When Jesus tells us about the Father, and this is where I was looking at this again, going with the scripture that we've been uh, looking at so many times, in Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son, Jesus is outlining for us what the Father is like. What is God like? What is God like? God like is understanding that I was created to be in fellowship with him. God like is that I live in his spirit and live with his purpose and power in my life. And the prodigal's brother, you know, he found out that his dad had thrown a party for his, 
his brother who returned and he was all upset and sulking and wasn't going to go join the party because he didn't get a he never had a party thrown for him he just stuck around all the time and the father says to him his father said son you don't understand you're with me all the time and everything that is mine is yours everything that is mine is yours So God is saying to us, and Jesus is saying here in this verse, they know now beyond the shadow of a doubt that everything you gave me is firsthand from you. Everything that you gave me, so everything that is God's is Christ, and everything that Christ has is is a gift from God. He's showing that relational experience, and then Jesus is telling us everything that is mine is yours. So God, who is the creator of the universe, God, who is the creator and spoke things into existence, is the same God who says to us, we're his child. Nothing is impossible. All things are possible to him that believes. And belief is trusting in the word that Jesus has said to us. So when I go through every day, I am planting the seed of God's word in my heart, in my life, in my expectations. I am planting the seed of God's word, and the seed of God's word says everything works together for good. God is at work for good in my life. Well, what about all the bad things? It's not finished yet. God's not finished with it yet. He's going to turn it into that which is good. In our life, everything has a possibility of becoming something better than what it is. See, we have to be willing to see how God is at work. (laughs) We have to be willing to see that God is at work in, in answering our prayers if we would just remember that God is with us. And then he says, For the message you gave me, I gave them. And they took it and were convinced that I came from you. The word that Jesus is speaking to us is a direct revelation of the Father. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is a direct revelation of the Godhead to our lives. Jesus is speaking to us. Jesus is speaking to us. What is he saying? Well, what did he plant in your heart? What are the situations that are being planted in your life? What seeds are you planting? Are you burying or are you planting? You see, our past is forgiven. We bury that. But the seed that God will plant from that is the knowledge, the things that we've learned, that God is working and working these things to the good. So God is already planning for good to come into our life tomorrow and the next day and the next year. He's already planning for there to be a harvest of the seeds that we are planting today. Hard to understand that, get that concept. But there's a story of this, uh, these businessmen were on a trip in China. And while they were in China, I used to, I told this in Sunday school, that while they were in China, the one businessman became very ill, sick in the stomach, and had a lot of pain and so on, finally went to the doctors, or went to the hospital, and his appendix had ruptured. And so his appendix ruptured, and he's in the hospital, and this is just like a clinic that he is at, and he's too far away from any hospital to, to get there. And the doctor, whoever was in charge there, said, well, there's nothing we can do. He just better make peace with his maker. 
because he's going to die. Well, that person who was sick, his father is a minister. And in the United States, this father is a preacher. And in the church service, he feels that he needs to pray for his son because there's something wrong. Stops the service and prays for his son. At that, around that same time or those moments, in walks one of the top surgeons in China to this clinic. And he says, I understand there's somebody important here that I need to operate on. So he went in and operated on him, and the guy lived. And afterwards, the surgeon, after the surgery, the surgeon came out and said, who is this man? Because the reason I ask that is, earlier, this t- earlier today, these two men in suits came into my office and told me that I needed to be here at this hospital uh, at midnight to perform surgery on an individual who was coming in. Who did you send to me? They didn't send anybody. God did. So God was preparing a surgeon before the need arrived. God was preparing the surgeon to be at the place before the need arrived. In our life, God is working on things that haven't even come yet to our life, but God is at work in the problem, in the situation. God is there to protect us. He is there to watch over us, and we have to allow this in our hearts and our lives. And you see, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all evil, from all unrighteousness. And the blood of Jesus Christ is that which puts a barrier up between me and evil. I've got to believe that God is with me, that I am a child of God, and God is at work in my life, and he is my protector. Do you have that soulfish? Did I, did I put that on that Moses soulfish? I didn't tell you to look it up. Ah, you know, can't get good help. <laughs> he didn't read my mind, you know. It's on YouTube. It's Moses soulfish. I don't know if you can find it. But anyhow... We find that <clears throat> I didn't tell him. It was my fault. <laughs> okay. I, didn't, I didn't say, look this up and put it up. I just had it written on a piece of paper. He said, what on earth is that about? So. so, anyhow, if you find it, let me know. For the message I gave you, I gave them, and they took it and were convinced that I came from you. That we were, the disciples were convinced that the message that Jesus had given them as a message that came from God. And they allowed that to be in their heart, and they believed that you sent me. I prayed for them. Jesus is praying for us. Even in the book of Revelation, say, he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Jesus is praying for us. His children, he's praying for us. He said, I'm not praying for the God-rejecting world. He's not praying for the spirit of Antichrist. That is, sweeping our world and, and that is uh, driving people away from God or whatever. He's not praying for them. He's praying for the individuals. For um, they are yours by right and everything mine is yours and yours is mine. There's that phrase again that we find in Luke with the prodigal's brother. You're with me all the time. And everything that is mine is yours. So there's this ownership. 
there's this entitlement that is from God to us. And we are learning how to avail ourselves of what God wants to bring into our life. And, and it isn't, you know, I'm just going to sit in a chair and wait for it to happen. God is at work in everything of my life, and God is at work in every avenue of my life. So Jesus is saying, all my life is on display in them. <laughs> Your life is displaying Jesus Christ. Do you think that God wants us displaying him as a God who doesn't love, doesn't care, can't provide, isn't involved, and we're left on our own to make it work? No. Our life is displaying God. Our life is displaying God. See that thing floating around there? That's a Moses fish. What's so unique about this fish? You can't see it, right? No. What's so unique? Okay, we would think that that's its camouflage, that that's its secret. You see, we are individuals who live by faith and God is at work in our life the blood of Jesus Christ protects us from all evil, that we are the revelation of God to the world. Do you know what this fish does? That when a shark comes and will go after it and have it in its mouth, there is a repellent that comes through the skin or whatever of this Moses fish that causes the shark to freeze its muscles. It can't close them. And for the next 30 seconds to five minutes, the shark will wheel around in the water with its mouth locked open, trying to wear off the toxin that that fish excruciated. And you see, (laughs) evil just falls out. It disappears. <laughs> I was noticing, I watched, um, I watched my sermons, you know, and I was looking that I need to stop my arm motions because <laughs> my arms are constantly in motion. And so and I was trying to cut down on the motion today, but you see it didn't work. But, um, <laughs> but we see, and, this, and they are, you know, um, copper tone, the suntan people, you know. They're trying to, they were the ones that were trying to copy this toxin to put in their sunscreen so that people could swim in the ocean and not be, have to be, fear, to be afraid of being attacked by sharks. But they haven't been able to duplicate it. And you see, nothing can duplicate what Jesus Christ is to us. Not positive thinking, not a positive outreach. It's not mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. You know, it's not that. You cannot duplicate the blood of Jesus Christ and his effect upon our lives. And what Jesus does in our lives cannot be duplicated by anything, but it, it wards off evil. <laughs> evil cannot tread on the blood of Jesus Christ. And in our lives, we can't be thinking that 
well, I'm, my nature is sinful and I just can't be good. That's right. You can't be good. But God can give you the strength, the antidote for evil. When evil comes, we've got the word of God that he has spoken in our lives. Temptation will come. If you don't have temptation, you're buried. <laughs> you're not planted, you're dead. <laughs> and the only people who don't have temptations are those who are buried, they're dead. But we are planted, and there are going to be times in which we'll get too much rain, too much sun, whatever, but God is going to help us grow and become the person that God wants us to be. And he has given us his word, planted in our lives, and he has, we have that Jesus speaking in our lives, that he is going to help us. I am more than a conqueror, more than a conqueror. I just don't beat my enemy. I just, <laughs> the enemy is the devil, evil, and I just don't beat the evil one. The evil one is destroyed by the blood of Jesus Christ. All of that was taken, taken care of at the cross. When I come to the cross, I come not bearing who I am. I come receiving who God is. And whenever I'm going about my life and I am tempted, I receive the blood of Jesus Christ, and that stops evil. And it just flails around trying to regain its control because it can't touch what God has protected. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. <sighs> Jesus, Father, thank you. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us, O Lord, of our failures. For we are not sinners trying to be saved. We are saved people from our sins, relying upon the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that we become more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. For your faith, the faith that we have is alive, it is active, it is a shark repellent, <laughs> It is a repellent to evil. And so, Lord, we place it, we place your love upon our hearts and our lives, your blood, O oh God, that cleanses us from all unrighteousness upon our thoughts, upon our hearts, and we continue to walk with you, knowing, Lord, that you are our Savior. We are your child, and you love us beyond anything we could ever imagine. Thank you, Jesus for forgiving us of our sins, giving me the strength for this day, and God preparing a path for me. And that the problems we see may not have answers today, but they will have answers tomorrow because you're already at work in solving these problems that we face. For God, you know our future, and our future is victorious. And so, Lord, our todays are victorious in Jesus Christ. We plant this seed in our lives and expect a harvest. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Remember the Moses fish. <laughs>